Welcome in. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the first episode of The Polo Show. My name's Chris Polo. I'm going to try to keep this podcast as close to the Bay Area sports-related news as possible, but we are going to dive into national stuff when it is necessary. And of course, today is the first Monday after the Super Bowl. So of course, we're going to dive into the Super Bowl and then we'll go into some 49ers stuff. I'm not typically sure how long I'm going to make each of these episodes, to be honest. Um, I'm thinking I don't want to do episodes that are like an hour long. If I do that, it means there's a lot of stuff going on that just needs to be talked about. Um, And, you know, I don't really have any plan for doing this. I kind of just went, you know, along with posting a bunch of stuff on social media, sharing my thoughts on, you know, the NFL postseason and also some basketball stuff going on. And um, a lot of people interacting with me, telling me like, dude, you should do a podcast. So I'm like, you know what? Fine, I'm doing it. So here it is. Here's the first episode. But, um... Yeah, today we're going to dive into the Super Bowl. I'll dive into some 49ers stuff as well and what they should be doing after this Super Bowl because he just witnessed another NFC West team go make a big splash during the offseason and during the middle of the season and actually get a Super Bowl. And what are the 49ers going to do in response because they've been so close so many times. What are they going to do to finally get themselves over that hump? By the way, shout out to Michael DeMiro for the theme music. Uh, this is an original beat. He's worked with Chris Brown. He's worked with Trey Songs. Dude's legit, so thanks for this. Um... But yeah, let's just go ahead and get into it. I don't want to take too long. It's the top of the morning, and um, let's get right into the Super Bowl. But Super Bowl 56 was really actually very entertaining. I didn't think it was going to be that entertaining after sitting there for the first quarter of the game. Um, but seeing the Rams win 23-20, um, it, it, was, it was a very close one. I think it was in perfect fashion that it ended really on the final possession because that's how really these whole playoffs have gone except like that first wild card round really um and the Bengals o-line just collapsed in the entire second half i mean joe burrow didn't stand a chance um in, in reality entering this game i think we all knew that the Bengals shouldn't have stood a chance to win the game and yet they did anyways um which is most really crazy about yesterday's game that's really the nfl right you really never know any given sunday that's why i was telling people we're Niner fans, or when I was telling people the Niners just got to make the playoffs, you know, you get to a wild card. Even if you go like 10 and 7, you never know what can happen after that. And the Bengals somehow made it all the way through. They beat the number one seed. Then they go to Arrowhead and beat the Chiefs, which no quarterback has beaten Tom, has beaten uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs except for Tom Brady. Um, I don't think a lot of people saw that coming. Um, but the way in the which the Rams won is something that I don't think you can really replicate because what the Rams really did was, yes, they drafted a lot of good players, but they really won because they essentially bought themselves a Super Bowl. So what they tried to do a few years ago with Jared Goff and that whole team they had there didn't get it done, but they nearly did. And this time they closed the deal. And I think the difference obviously was the quarterback. But if you look at the players that they have on this team, they traded for Jalen Ramsey. They traded for Vaughn Miller. They went after Odell Beckham. Uh, when he hit the waivers, or right, or when he hit free agency, I guess when he got himself released by Cleveland, they swapped a bunch of they swapped Jared Goff um, for uh, Matthew Stafford, which was a huge trade. I mean, these are their most important players. It feels like other than Aaron Donald, that are all being traded for or signed in free agency, and these are things that I think teams like the Seahawks have tried to do right with that Jamal Adams trade. It just did not work out for them. They're suffering from 
they're about to be suffering from cap issues pretty soon here. They are, may get rid of Bobby Wagner, and I don't really know how that's going to go over there. All I know is that what's really crazy is that the NFC West is truly an arms race. I mean, if Russell Wilson didn't get hurt this year, you really never know. The Seahawks, if they turned a few things around and, and if Russell Wilson stayed healthy, maybe you have all four NFC West teams get into the playoffs this year. That's how insane that division is. Um, but what the Rams did, they have like no draft picks. They sold out all their draft picks to get these star players. And I don't think you can really bank on that. Um, what they did, I think, like I said, you can't replicate it. I think another big part of that is location. Los Angeles, like you get a Von Miller. Obviously, Von Miller wants to be in a place like Los Angeles. It's kind of like being the Lakers in the NBA, right? You have these veterans that have been around for a while. They've proven themselves to be established players in the league. Some of them have been all-stars. And they get to a point where as they're getting older, they know that they're getting to the second half of their career or the back end of it. A lot of them will take huge discounts to go play in Los Angeles, especially when the team is good because it's like, oh, it's LA. It's a show, right? It's Hollywood. And I contend for a championship. And I think that's another reason why you saw Odell go there as well. Um, and Von Miller basically called Odell and told him to get over there. And the thing is, I know a lot of Niner fans were saying like, oh, why didn't they go after Odell? Well, why weren't you pursuing Odell? Because now you have this team that goes and gets him and what a difference maker he was. It's not the location of Los Angeles. I think that's the difference. That's why I never saw Odell go into Green Bay. That's why I never saw Odell go into Kansas City. LA just made sense. Even though that name wasn't being thrown out there, I kind of always had a feeling they are the team that always finds a way to just load up talent on their roster and somehow just dodge the salary cap. Um, but the question is, how long can they keep doing that? Because if Matt Stafford is going to be, actually, he's actually che cheaper than Jimmy G was uh, this year. But if you're going to continue with him, how many more years does he have to the point where you're going to stay contenders? Because you're not going to be a contender if Matt Stafford starts to fall off. I really don't think he's going to fall off anytime soon. But um, when you have all these other guys, like, can they keep a Vaughn Miller? Will they keep Odell Beckham? And supposedly Odell Beckham actually would take a discount to stay in LA. But now I don't know what that injury is. I haven't heard an official report come out yet. Um, if it's an ACL or what, that's what I thought it was. But if it is, he's probably not going to play next year because you're tearing an ACL in February. I don't know how available you're going to be throughout the season. So we'll, we'll have to see there what, what the, what the Rams are going to do. Um, but it was just an incredible year for them. I mean, wire to wire, I always deep down kind of felt like they were just the best team. I mean, seeing the way Matt Stafford fit into that offense, it was so perfect. And I think the one thing where if you're a 49er fan, you're probably sitting there like, damn, why didn't the Niners just pull the trigger and get Matt Stafford in a trade uh, instead of trading for Trey Lance? And I think that's very easy to you know look at in retrospect. But at the same time, I think that the 49ers, while they have a lot of talented players, a lot of their talented players are very young. And I think what they really wanted to do is make sure that they could have a core for the long term. And if they can get a quarterback who's a transcendent talent, they go for it, have them on a rookie deal, keep talent around them. I think that's what they were really going for. Um, and trading away Jimmy G is going to free up a lot of cap space. Now, they do have a lot of free agents, and we'll get to that in a second. But if you can free up a lot of cap space and Trey Lance can develop into being a good starting quarterback and someone who's pretty much on the borderline of being a star quarterback then I think you have a really good chance. But even then, the NFC is just tough, especially just in that division. There's a lot of good quarterbacks. The AFC, I think, has the more loaded quarterbacks. But the NFC, if you've got a team like the Rams, and even the Cardinals, when if DeAndre Hopkins and J.J. Watt are playing, they're a very elite football team. They were first place, and I think people tend to forget that. And then they had some injuries pile on. But um, that Bengals O-line really stood no chance against Aaron Donald and Vaughn Miller. 
Uh, Joe Burrow was sacked, I think it was a total of seven times, almost another time on that very last play. Uh, but Joe Burrow was able to get the ball out. Um, I don't understand how how he's even able to get his team to the Super Bowl if he can't even stand in there and make a throw. I mean, it's really crazy. Um, you know, you're going on the road, winning these playoff games, and now you're in the Super Bowl. And they were winning in the Super Bowl uh, with really no offensive line. Granted, they did play okay in the first half. He was getting the ball out really quickly, but something happened in the second half where I don't know if he was holding the ball too long or what, but it just felt like they had no chance in the second half. They just kept collapsing. It felt like even quicker. And I don't understand um, how you can be so talented to the point where you can actually win games like that because not a lot of quarterbacks, it's not like he's Lamar Jackson. It's not like he's Patrick Mahomes in terms of athleticism. So to be able to stand in there and keep your team in the game, um, just speaks a lot of volumes to, to Joe Burrow. And I think he's going to have a great future. I think the obviously the first first priority for them is they got to build an O-line. Because what you don't want to happen to Joe Burrow is you, you don't want an Andrew Luck situation where you have this transcendent generational talent who you don't give an O-line to and then he gets hurt and ends up having to end his career early. Because he did get hurt in that Super Bowl. Now, he, he was fine, but he was limping. I mean, that did not look good. He's already torn his ACL. So you need to make sure you protect the quarterback like that. But, um, you know... Hats off to the Rams. They executed what they wanted to do all the way from the front office down onto the field, and they did it all year. So let's move on to the 49ers because, like I said, I want to keep this as local as possible. I'm sure you're going to see a ton of Super Bowl stuff everywhere else you go to. So um, I want to make sure I stick to local as much as I can. But the next steps for the Niners after the Super Bowl are are going to be very difficult because they have a lot of free agents, right? It's not like they can just run it back with all the same starters. You're going to have a lot of free agents. You're going to be losing a lot of cap space. And you also think, have to think about your cap space uh, moving on the next few years because they are going to re-sign Debo Samuel. They are going to re-sign Nick Bosa. And even though it's you know not the end of their contracts yet, they want to get that done sooner rather than later. And obviously, that's what you want to do with those two players. But if you look at some of the free agents they have this year, I mean, Lakin Tomlinson, he was a pro bowler. Trent Williams has vouched to bring him back. Do you bring him back? That's a question. Jason Verrett. If they had Jason Verrett all year, they're having a completely different season. Do you bring him back or is he just too unreliable in terms of being injury prone? You got DJ Jones, um, but you also have Javon Kinlock coming back off injury. So you have to kind of wonder there, are you trusting that first round pick? Or are you going to bring back DJ Jones anyways? Um, Raheem Mostert, I've heard, is going to attract interest from Miami, which totally makes sense because Mike McDaniel just took that job. He's the 49ers offensive coordinator, so why wouldn't he go after Raheem Mostert? Um, Kaywon Williams is another guy that I'm looking at. Um, Jaquaski Tart. I think out of all the free agents that they do have uh, going into this offseason, the one that you absolutely must hold on to is Jaquaski Tart. Um, he's a really big safety. He can hit hard. He's really athletic. And the secondary is actually not like the weak link that people think it is. It's just they didn't really have their healthy secondary all season. And we can get, you know, as emotional as we want about that dropped interception by Jaquaski Tart. But the reality is they're not going to play the same if he's not on the field out there with Jimmy Ward. Your best chance to win is to have Jaquaski Tart out there with Jimmy Ward. I don't know who else you would get to replace Jaquaski Tart. That's the other thing. I don't think you have anyone in-house that's ready to replace him. I don't know if it's worth it to go spend money on another guy to try to fill in that role. I think you kind of know what you have with Jaquaski Tart. He's a good football player. He's a good safety. I think you got to bring him back. And I think he would be hungry himself to redeem himself after that play in the conference championship game, but it's not like it was his fault that they lost or anything, but they have a lot of decisions to make because there's, there's, they're going to lose people. They're going to have to lose some very key people that were good this year. Um, I think the must bring back Sergio Kowalski-Tart. 
I think it's Jawan Jennings. Um, and you really have to make a decision, I think, between DJ Jones or Lake and Tomlinson. I don't think you can keep both. Um, and if it came down to that, it's really a matter of are you trusting in Aaron Banks and Daniel Brunskill, or are you going to trust Javon Kinlaw? You know, what are you going to do? You're going to have to trust somebody. And, and Aaron Banks, I think, has to move back to that left guard spot. But either way, there's decisions to make. They just, the first thing we have to look at is what are they going to get in return from Jimmy G? Because now you're in a situation where, yes, you could obviously get some picks. If you look at quarterbacks recently that were traded, there's definitely value there. I mean, if you look at what Sam Darnold was traded for, you can definitely get like a second or third rounder. You can get multiple picks for Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, where is he going? What are you getting in return? You could also trade him for a player. That's the other aspect. If you want to use that cap space and um, you want to get some talent that are that is somewhere else, if you want to find a team that's really desperate for a quarterback, there's usually a sucker everywhere. Why not get a player on defense, like some sort of edge rusher if you're really desperate for it? Um, some teams will really reach for that quarterback. We've seen it many times. But I think the places that make most sense, and it's probably going to be picks. I think he's going to end up going to somewhere like Pittsburgh. Because if you just look at the way that team is constructed, what they have some talented receivers. They have a Pro Bowl running back. They have talent on the defensive end. They just don't have a quarterback. If you have a quarterback, just run the system, essentially. That's a team that did make the playoffs, even though they, like Ben Roethlisberger was saying to the team, like, we shouldn't even be here. Jimmy Garoppolo can help you win a few more games than an older Ben Roethlisberger. So why not go after it? He's not under contract very long term. He can kind of serve as a bridge quarterback. He can kind of have time to make a decision on a guy like that. Um, but you have to see what the Niners get in return. And also that's the aspect of when I was talking about the Rams and their philosophy in terms of how did they build their team? How did they get their star players like a Jalen Ramsey, like a Von Miller? Do you trade the picks? that you have, because if you trade Jimmy G and you get a day two pick, you're going to have like five day two picks in the draft, which is the most in your division. Do you trade some of that to just get another player, someone that's established talent rather than taking chances on these rookies and hoping that they develop into something that can make an immediate impact? Because what you have to realize is the window for them to win is now. When Debo Samuel and Nick Bosa, when they get re-signed, because it'll happen, when their cap hit starts to increase because of those new contracts that they will get at some point here, you're going to have a lot harder time trying to win football games if you don't have talent on this roster already right now because you're going to have a lot of salary cap issues. I mean, if, you, if you've if you got guys like Fred Warner locked up long-term, you have George Kittle locked up long-term, Trent Williams, you're going to have to pay Trey Lance in a few seasons as well, assuming he pans out. Um, what are you going to do with Brandon Ayuk? Um You've also got Javon Kinlaw, who's a first-round pick. What if he pans out and you have to pay him? You're already paying Eric Armstead as well. You're going to run into a lot of salary cap issues, and you're going to run, run out of talent, and it starts to deplete your roster. The best time to win a Super Bowl is when you have a transcendent quarterback under his rookie contract because then like, that's what the Rams tried to do, and they were so close. But when they had Jared Goff on that team, Right, He wasn't making that $30 million salary that a lot of star quarterbacks are making. They were able to splash around talent everywhere around the roster, whether it was Todd Gurley or having good receivers or if it was having a loaded defense, whatever it was. That is the best time. The best time for them to win is really this year. I would say, and I say this year as in this upcoming season, this year is probably their best chance to win because had they gotten it done against LA, I think if you look at the way the defense played against the Bengals uh, yesterday, the Niners probably would have beat the brakes off the Bengals last night. And that's just really heartbreaking for all Niner fans to see. But 
the reality is if they had Nick Bosa going after them and that whole front four, that would have been a nightmare for Joe Burrow. And they already beat them before. But I think that right now, you need to bring in Juwan. You need to bring Juwan Jennings back because he's the receiver you thought Jalen Hurd was, and because of that, and you waited so long for a guy like Jalen Hurd to come along, just for it to not work out, you got to bring back Juwan Jennings. Um, I think you have to bring back Jaquaski Tart. You want to run it back as much as you can on the defensive end, but I think you still need another edge rusher. It's time to let go of D Ford. D Ford. I don't even know how many games he's played, but I can probably fit it into my two hands of how many games he's played. That's how it feels. It just it feels like he's not really done anything in the few years that he's been there. Um, obviously, when he has been there and has been healthy, he's been great. But that's the question. When he's been healthy, kind of like Jimmy G, he's barely been healthy. So um, I think that's when you got to move on from as well. I don't even know if you can trade him and really get anything. I mean, he's had some like back injuries. It's just not a good sign, but it's definitely not someone you need because if you look at the way the defense played without him with Samson Ebukam or Charles Amenehu, Jordan Willis, there's talent on this roster that even though some of them are going to be walking in free agency, you don't need a D Ford to get those sacks, right? So when Nick Bosa came out in the second half against the Cowboys, they still had like one and a half sacks. Um, or no, I think Charles Menehu came in and got like one and a half sacks in relief of Nick Bosa. So you have talent, you have depth, try to bring back as much, as much of it as you can. Um, but I had this other idea, um, be brought up to me and by a bunch of other people on a Twitter space last night. Um, it was Vish Kumaran and we were on a Twitter space with some Niners Nation reporters. And he had the idea of why, why try to spread this money out after trading Jimmy G? Why spread it out as much as you can? you know, little amounts here or there. And why not just go make a big splash in free agency? And he threw out the idea, what if you give a Von Miller a two-year contract and just use a good amount of cap space there to solidify that other edge on the other side of Nick Bosa? And I thought about it like, yeah, why don't they just do that? Because at this point, what I'm seeing is the 49ers are trying to win by scheme. And they have a lot of underrated talent that shows up every year. A Dre Greenlaw, Aziz Al-Shair, they have an Elijah Mitchell, right? Guys that just come out of nowhere. But if you look at the Rams, they're not getting guys that come out of nowhere. They're getting established pro bowlers, all pros, people that like Von Miller is a Super Bowl MVP. Well, if you look at what they traded for Von Miller, the Niners definitely could have afforded to trade something like that for Von Miller. And it's just like, when are you going to make the move that you have the firepower to make? You're just not making it. And I don't really know for what reason. The reason I think the Rams are just more serious about winning right now where the Niners are, yeah, we want to win now, but we also want to secure our future. I get that. But what happens if you secure your future and the future and the present only adds up to losing in conference championship games? I would rather have one Super Bowl from a franchise than four conference championship appearances with no Lombardi trophies to show for it. Because if we go back to the Harbaugh era, they had a great team consistently for three years. You went to three straight conference championships. You went to a Super Bowl. You lost every single one of those games. So how much of that does it really matter that you had a future? Because, yeah, you secured some guys like Colin Kaepernick. It didn't amount to anything. You secured some guys like Navarro Bowman. It didn't really amount to anything. Um, and it just kind of all blows up. And then the next coach comes in. I don't think that's going to happen with Kyle Shanahan. I think him and John Lynch have a really long leash at this point with Jed York because they are the guys that did turn around the culture. But the Rams, as a good team, were saying, let's go get a Matt Stafford. And then the middle of the season, let's go get a Von Miller. And then Odell, you have an opportunity to get Odell. Let's go get him. 
when are the Niners going to adopt that mentality to just make the big move? Because that's what it feels like is every year they're just that one big move away, but they let other teams make that big move in front of them and therefore they pay for it in the end, right? You could have had either of those guys realistically, but you didn't really go for it. So I think that it's super important that John Lynch, who has been aggressive in, in off seasons pretty consistently, you need to make another big splash. You made a big splash when you got Trent Williams. You made a big splash really kind of when you got Jimmy Garoppolo. That was a big splash at the time. Um, you made a big splash to go get Trey Lance. But that big splash for Trey Lance wasn't anything that was going to dictate the way this year was going to go. You need, you need that kind of big splash for a player that is going to come in in the 2022 season make an impact and help you win football games and put you in a better position to win a Super Bowl. It can't be to, oh, let's develop him for the next three seasons because you're running a huge risk of even if he develops to where you want him to be at in the next three years, whatever guy you get, if it's in the draft or whatever, what does your team look like in those three years? Who's gone now? Who's gotten old? Who's gotten hurt? Who's left in free agency for big money because they got so good and you couldn't afford them? With Debo and Ayuk and Kittle and Warner and Bosa, this is the time to win a Super Bowl. The NFC West is an arms race. The Seahawks look like they're kind of in shambles. The Cardinals now have some drama going on with Kyler Murray. I've never seen a team actually win a Super Bowl where there's a lot of drama with the quarterback and the team. There's friction there. Supposedly, they are teammates that don't think he's a good leader. That does not equate to a Super Bowl because you need chemistry to get that far. And it takes a lot of luck even when your chemistry and, and your play is just as close to perfect as possible. It takes luck to win. So if you don't have your teammates' side, that's not going to be good. And that just leaves them and the Rams. So between you and the Rams, what's the difference? The difference to me is the Rams, they're going to go make that big splash. The Niners, it's your turn. What are you going to do? Because the Rams just did it. They just got a Super Bowl trophy. They beat you to get that Super Bowl trophy. You can hang your hat on six straight regular season wins all you want and talk about how, oh, your fans show up to that stadium all you want. They're the ones with rings on their fingers now. So what does it really matter? What are you going to do as Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch to make a big splash? They've passed up on people before and like Tom Brady, for instance, and it was a mistake, right? Why? Because they thought that going forward, Jimmy Garoppolo was a safer pick and that there wasn't as big a gap between him and Tom Brady as people might have thought. And it was a big mistake, right? Um, but now, obviously, in hindsight, it's a lot easier to look at that. And I'm sure they would go back and make a different decision. Um, so the importance of Trey Lance to become a star is really crucial because what we saw this year, especially in the postseason, is we are really entering a golden age of quarterbacks. If you look at Mahomes and Joe Burrow, and Josh Allen, if you look at the fact that people might have forgot Lamar Jackson's over there in the AFC North, um, people might have forgot that Russell Wilson is still in the NFC West. If they turn some things around, Russell Wilson's a guy who's just always going to put you in a position to win football games. Kyler Murray, I like Kyler Murray, I don't love Kyler Murray, but he's still a good quarterback. He's still dangerous, not someone you really want to face as a defense. You, of course, Matt Stafford just won a Super Bowl. Um, Aaron Rodgers, we'll see where he ends up playing. There's, there's a lot of great quarterbacks. And if Trey Lance isn't, if essentially Trey Lance with all his athleticism comes in and just runs the same offense the same way Jimmy Garoppolo was, but he can avoid a few more sacks and make a few more throws on the run, 
how big of a difference does that really make to the point where, yeah, you'll probably get some more plays, but are you going to win a Super Bowl? Is it going to be that kind of big difference? Because I guarantee you, if you're trying to get to the Super Bowl next year, you're not going to be playing the Cincinnati Bengals. You're not going to be playing a team with the 20th ranked offensive line on pro football focus. You're going to be playing a team probably like the Kansas City Chiefs. You're probably going to be playing a team like the Buffalo Bills. We'll see if the Ravens can get healthy and get some wide receivers and fix that defense. We'll see what happens there. Um, you're going to have to, you're going to need to have a quarterback that can match up to the point where talent can bail you out. Because like I said, it takes a lot of luck to win a Super Bowl. And sometimes talent just needs to bail you out of certain games in certain situations. And I think Trey Lance's talent can bail him out in certain situations where if he can't find a guy open or he's having trouble reading the defense, he can just tuck it and go, right? That's where it can bail him out. But you need the arm talent to show up. And it's all there, but the footwork isn't there. And that's what he's going to work on um, this offseason. And hopefully he really works on that uh, with Brandon Ayuk really well. If he can fix all that and if he can be a star quarterback, I'm not saying he needs to have a Mahomes sophomore season type breakout, but he needs to have a sophomore season breakout nonetheless. Um, basically, he can't come out and just throw up the same numbers as Jimmy Garoppolo just with more rushing yards. You can't do that. You know, you traded all those picks. You're trading away Jimmy Garoppolo for more picks to get Trey Lance. So it's kind of different than just spending a third overall pick on a guy. You're spending multiple picks, multiple years of picks and a quarterback to get that guy. And if he doesn't show up to be a star that everyone's promising him to be, the clock is going to be ticking on Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. Because at that point, what do you have left under your, what do you have left up your sleeve? If you went after this quarterback with a transcendent talent, he doesn't show up. What do you have left up your sleeve at that point? Do you go get another guy? That's too far down the road. Not really going to go into that. But with Trey Lance, um, I see the talent throwing the ball in terms of the way he can get it off from anywhere. And he has a cannon. The accuracy, I don't really think there's too enough to see like whether he's an accurate or inaccurate quarterback. I think for the most part, he's been pretty accurate. It's just a matter of timing. Um, if Trey Lance can really show up and show out. That's going to be trouble for the NFC West. It's going to be trouble for the NFC West. It's going to be trouble for teams like the Packers, especially if they don't have Aaron Rodgers again. Actually, if, that, if that's the case, they don't have Aaron Rodgers. Just write them off. But the NFC is going to be open next year. And that's why I'm saying all this, because Tampa Bay, you're not going to have Tom Brady. I doubt you're going to get Aaron Rodgers. I doubt you're going to get Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson. That's just the reality of it. Both those teams seem pretty stubborn to let go of those quarterbacks. Best you might end up with Jimmy Garoppolo at that point. Um I think that if the Packers really do trade Aaron Rodgers, they're going to be sending him to the AFC. If they don't trade him, you're going to have to, you're going to lose a lot of guys because you're already in a big cap issue, right? Before signing uh, Devontae Adams. So to me, the NFC is going to be wide open. That's the AFC that I just feel bad for any AFC team out there, especially the Bengals fans, because you made it to a Super Bowl. You dodged, you know, uh, Josh Allen. You didn't have to face Lamar Jackson in the playoffs. You were able to pull off beating Patrick Mahomes in Arrowhead Stadium, and you just, and you lost to Matt Stafford. I feel bad for Bengals fans because the AFC is loaded. The NFC, not so much. They're, who is going to be that transcendent quarterback in the NFC conference? Because Trey Lance has the talent to do that. Will he show up to do it? That's the difference. Um, because to me, I can't say he's a bust. I can't say he's a star. Haven't seen enough football. Hasn't played in like multiple seasons. He hasn't really given us the enough tape to really say, okay, he is this kind of quarterback or he's going to run this kind of system. I really don't know. You know, like I just don't know enough about Trey Lance, North Dakota State. I'm not watching North Dakota State games on Saturdays. I'm just not. Um, what I see from the tapes he does have 
is he has a strong arm. He has an accurate deep ball, but I also see that he can't slide. I also see he has the tendency to kind of go head first, and it's very dangerous in the NFL when defenses want to take cheap shots at your quarterback all the time. He did get hurt in his very first game. So there's a lot of very basic things that you see that needs to be worked on. I see that he doesn't really tend to just plant his back foot in the grass and let it rip. He tends to bounce around. He leaves the pocket a little prematurely, locks onto his first read, and some similar issues that Colin Kaepernick had, but the difference is I think Trey Lance is obviously far more talented than Kaepernick was as a thrower. So um, that's stuff you need to work around. That's stuff where Kyle Shanahan is your moment. You're called the QB whisperer. You're called the offensive genius. You have the quarterback you want. He can run like a Josh Allen or Deshaun Watson. He has the arm strength of a Mahomes, according to what his teammates are saying all offseason. What are you going to get out of him? Because there are people out there that do believe that he just didn't get the most out of Jimmy Garoppolo. I agree with that to some extent, but also I think that some things that happened to Jimmy Garoppolo were out of you know, control for everybody. It was just the injuries that just slowed him down. If, even if you look at pre-ACL, Jimmy Garoppolo looked like a different player. But Trey Lance is someone who can take the NFC by storm. If he doesn't take the NFC by storm, if he ends up being you know, a middle-of-the-pack quarterback, how far can the Niners really go? And the reason that's important is because in the second season, if he looks like a middle-of-the-pack quarterback... How much belief are you going to have in this Niners team moving forward when they're paying bigger salaries to their star players? That's the biggest key. But that's some stuff I wanted to get into today on the first episode of uh, the Polo Show. I didn't really plan this one out. It was just kind of an instant reaction to the Super Bowl and my initial thoughts just going into the next season. What's going to be important for the Niners? Obviously, the most important thing is going to be the quarterback. So that's why I went into a big thing about Trey Lance just now. But it's also just too early to, to talk about you know, their free agency moves in, in more detail because we just don't know enough yet. We got to wait for the new year to start in March. We got to see where Jimmy Garoppolo goes. Um, we got to see what they get in return for him. But um, that was my first episode. And I'll try to do this every week. You know, we'll try to dive into more Bay Area stuff and I'll dive into some Warriors stuff for sure because uh, I have some thoughts about the Warriors that are honestly are not very positive, but um, some stuff that I think is just needs to be said. Although, let's, let's, let, them, let's let them get healthy. But... Thanks for tuning in. Go ahead and like and subscribe. I will try to do this more often. I'll try to have more people on board too. Um, I'll see if I can network with some people at Niners Nation as well. See if I can jump on some of their stuff. See if that. Uh, see if any of them would want to jump on here. Uh, so I'll, I'll see you on the next one, guys. Try to do this every Monday morning.